0: A former member of the Alabama Crimson Tide has transferred to Missouri. And speaking of new blood, is that the direction Missouri should go in its defensive coordinator search or roll with continuity? Let's talk about that. And Missouri's loss to Kentucky in hoops right now on Locked On Mizzou. You are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and one heck of a model American. And by the way, just a quick reminder... These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash College. Terms and conditions apply. And yet another new Missouri Tiger, yet another intra-SEC transfer, quite honestly. This time it's Isaiah Hastings, who played his first couple years of ball at in Alabama with the Crimson Tide, although played, well, I, I'm using that term a little bit loosely. He was definitely on the team. Let's put it that way, but Hastings played quite sparingly, not at all in 2023 as far as I can tell. Had a few had a few appearances in 2022, but you know a guy who seemed like a guy from Ontario, Canada, seemed like from what I could tell a bit of a raw prospect in high school, a guy didn't play a ton of football in high school necessarily but obviously, a really athletic guy. If the Crimson Tide come calling, right? And at six foot four, two hundred and ninety pounds. Despite the size of being a defensive tackle, Missouri sounds like they're they're recruiting him and have him committed, I should say, as a defensive end. So interesting move there. A kid had offers in this most recent process here in the portal from a, several Power 5 schools, including Washington, of course, the national runner-up. And notably, though, Missouri was the only team from the SEC where Hastings held an offer, and perhaps that helped seal the deal. So welcome to Columbia, Isaiah Hastings. And speaking of some of those other defensive linemen from the SEC, including Chris McClellan from Florida and Darius Smith from Georgia, a lot of interesting names. Hopefully Missouri can reload on defense and hopefully be as good as they were last season. If not better, you never know. But i got to say, there is a possibility, of course, to point out the obvious that Missouri regresses next season defensively as well. Not just because Blake Baker has moved on to LSU, of course, but because Ennis Rakestraw is no longer there. Chris Abrams Drain, you know, to me, the number one part of that Missouri defense that made it successful, among many, among many things, by the way. But to me, just to assume that we're gonna that we're going to replace their productivity and efficiency on that Missouri defense, that's a little bit far to me. So what does that mean? To me, I, for all the talk about this defensive coordinator position, and interestingly, really not much information is leaked out so far, as far as I can tell. It seems like Missouri being very tight-lipped with this search here, without a doubt, but So that makes me wonder, should Missouri go outside the program? Should they keep the continuity? What is the value there? And the more time that goes along here, I'm starting to think maybe we should just go with the continuity, whether that is DJ Smith, the linebackers coach, or Kevin Peoples, the the defensive backs coach, whether it's, it's Smith and or Peoples, whatever the arrangement is, it does seem like there's some value in keeping the continuity there. At least that's what I'm leaning toward. Now, obviously, Eli Drinkwitz has a thousandfold the information I do, and I'm going to trust him with making that decision. What I'm more interested in is trying to put my mind in Eli Drinkwitz's position because, well, actually, he went with continuity. His first season at Missouri, you might remember. Of course, in two thousand and nineteen, Barry Odom's offense obviously let him down that season. You could argue Barry Odom let him Barry Odom, excuse me, let himself down by hiring his offensive coordinator, Derek Dooley, as well. You we could definitely argue that. But the point is, the thinking was in twenty twenty when Eli Drinkwitch showed up, hey, the defense isn't the problem, so let's fix the offense. That's Drinkwit's specialty, and hey, let's keep Ryan Walters around, keep that continuity, and ultimately, that didn't totally work out. Now, while Ryan Walters and his defense had some memorable moments, certainly in the 2020 season, most notably that goal line stand, I would say, taking down LSU, of course. Take that, Blake Baker. No, but seriously, though... That was a great moment, but overall, again, in that game, Missouri gave up, I believe, 41 points in that ball game. That was kind of a trend. The Missouri defense was very mediocre that season, despite an NFL-caliber linebacker in Nick Bolton, among some other really good players on that team. So if you're Eli Drinkwitz, you're probably thinking, hmm, did that really work out? Did the whole continuity thing actually work out for me? Because it didn't seem like it totally did. Now, of course, this is a a totally different situation. I'll give you that. Again, we're working through the thought process here. I didn't really, if I'm Eli Drinkwitz, I'm going, okay, the continuity thing didn't work out in 2020, but I didn't really know Ryan Walters either. He knows DJ Smith. He's been around this entire time. So If he thinks he's coordinator worthy, just make the move and and lock that down. Same thing with Kevin Peoples. I would say the exact same thing. On the other hand, I don't know if DJ Smith, for example, wants to be a defensive coordinator. That's just something I think we're all assuming at this point you know, sort of like a lot of people assume that, again, the Iowa defensive coordinator, people thought, well, maybe he'll jump to a new job or try to be a a head coach. Even more likely, well, some people are just happy making hundreds of thousands of dollars being a linebackers coach and staying out of the limelight and staying out of the blame game, which, of course, the head coach and coordinators are always a smack dab in the middle of. So really, I think if he, I think Eli Drinkwitz I, I sort of run through it if I'm thinking about if I'm Eli Drinkwitz if I'm in his shoes while I John Miller who knows very little quite honestly about the all the defensive coordinators out there in the country I don't have the connections that Drinkwitz does the relationships that he's built on the road over these years you know what if I'm him I'm probably thinking you know what I can probably take that 2 million bucks that we were Supposedly going to, reportedly going to play, pay, bl- bl- oh my goodness. Blake Baker, easy for me to say. Thank goodness I don't have to say his name for that much longer because that is not the first time his name has tripped me up. So thank you, Blake Baker, for moving on to Baton Rouge for me so I can stop screwing up the pronunciation of your name, especially when the word pay gets thrown in there. For some reason, that throws me off. But again, if I'm Eli Drinkwitz and I got $2 bucks to play with, My ego is probably telling me I can find a really good candidate for this season and hopefully beyond. But again, that's another thing I want to emphasize here. If I'm Eli Drinkwitz, that's all I'm really thinking of is 2024. If this is maybe a guy who's a hot candidate who maybe will only be here for a season, who cares? I just want to do whatever is best for 2024 because as we've seen, Again, for the thousandth time, these guys are mercenaries. You can't count on tomorrow, so let's just play for today. And coming up on the program, a couple of players I've talked about quite a bit on the program the last couple of weeks in the portal. Both ended up at Ohio State. And speaking of the Buckeyes, I want to go back to the Cotton Bowl and revisit a crucial decision by Eli Drinkwitz. And that in that ball game, but first let's talk about LinkedIn jobs because at the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking himself the same question What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? Well, LinkedIn jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with, and that's why LinkedIn jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. And you know what? My wife, my sister-in-law, and myself all own a small business together. And when you find that right person that helps you run your business, it just takes so much stress and time back on your plate, stress off the table, time back on the table. It's all good. It's win-win is all I'm trying to say. So When you post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege, I promise that you'll find out why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs, number one, in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So again, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey quickly before we get back into the Missouri talk as a Kansas City Chiefs fan I'm well aware that some people out there are none too pleased that the Chiefs against the Dolphins game here on Saturday night is Peacock exclusive yes the NBC streaming service. I'm just going to give you a hot tip right now. If you're going to try to figure this out on Saturday, you're probably going to end up frustrated. Do it right now. If you have maybe somebody who's not so tech savvy in your life and you're decent at it, for the love of everything, Holy and Patrick Mahomes do it now, but if you don't figure it out, you can't always listen to the game just like you can listen to this podcast on the SiriusXM app, or again, check out the Chiefs and Dolphins on your radio dial channel, 227, but you know what? Let's talk a little football here before we get to Missouri's game against Kentucky last night. There were some whispers, by the way, that Micaiah Wingo, the erstwhile Missouri Tiger now with LSU, There were some rumors that he might possibly come back. I had heard some rumor and innuendo there. Well, ultimately, Wingo has decided to try his hand at the NFL. So... Best of luck to him, I suppose, right? We're supposed to say that? That's the thing that we're supposed to say and be classy? No, seriously, I don't wish him. I'm a well-wisher in that I don't wish him any mm, specific harm. That's a Mo Sizzlack line for all of you out there. But in all seriousness, folks, there were some other interesting news out there. Will Howard, the former Kansas State quarterback, I had made mention of the fact that Ohio State, in the lead-up to that Cotton Bowl, hadn't made any moves at quarterback and in the portal and well if it's gonna be Devin Brown next season, might be a long season for the Buckeyes. And I'd also mention, hey, Will Howard, speaking of rumor and innuendo, you put two and two together, you saw he had started following a lot of a lot of buckeyes on social media. And indeed, the former Kansas State product ends up with the Buckeyes. I've seen just a lot of differing opinions on him for sure. I I think it's just hard to separate him from Kansas State in that offense. I'm a big fan of what Chris Kleiman does up there offensively. Will it work with Ohio State? We'll we'll just have to see. That's definitely a different offense, but some of the stuff definitely translates too. And also, Kenshawn Judkins, the Ole Miss running back ending up at Ohio State as well. Some people were asking, hey, could he end up at Missouri? Uh, From what I heard, Judkins got a pretty significant NIL deal, and I don't think he was looking to share carries with anybody too much. So I, I think Nate Noel and Marcus Carroll are a pretty good fit for Missouri in the portal at that running back position. Now, speaking of Ohio State, back to the Cotton Bowl for just a little bit here when Missouri was leading 7-3 in the fourth quarter. Eli Drinkwitz had a decision to make. It was fourth down and one. Do you kick the field goal from, I believe, about 40 yards for Harrison Meavis? A makeable but not an automatic kick, by the way. That's something I think that a lot of the the take-the-points crowd Often takes for granted a little bit unfairly in their arguments is when they say, take the points. We well, don't just take the points, do you? You actually have to make the kick. Now indeed, yes, you've got a good chance at scoring there, I'll give you that, but take the points? I just think that's a little bit disingenuous. Go for it. Now that's an actual, that's actually, that's actually an honest argument because there's an element of risk there that is not there in take the points, but clearly there is a risk still in kicking the field goal. But the real risk there was not much either way, and I think that's the part that people are missing, because when the risk is about the same, well, clearly the reward is a lot bigger. You kick the field goal and go up seven points, still a one-possession game. Ohio State needs a touchdown regardless if it's a four- or a seven-point game, and most of the logic I've seen on the more conservative side of this argument has been that, hey, You have then a seven-point lead against a team that I don't think is capable of scoring a touchdown. Well, again, if you don't think they're capable of scoring a touchdown, then you don't think they're capable – you need a touchdown to get a four-point lead too, to put it quite simply. If this is seeming overly tedious and pedantic and maybe simplistic – I'm just trying to make this as clear as I possibly can to show you that really the risk there was very, very minimal, and especially when you consider it's fourth down and one. And as I said, if it were fourth down and three, fourth down and four, I would have agreed with the call to go for the field goal. But on fourth down and one, the way that Missouri had started to wear down the Ohio State front seven a little bit in the fourth quarter in that ground game, it just felt like Missouri was – much more likely than not to get the yard, first of all. But again, the upside much, much outweighed the downside, in my opinion, just based on the way Ohio State had played at that point. be I mean, one thing, if you were in some type of shootout game or something, I, honestly, I can't even really conjure a scenario where I don't think Missouri should have gone for it there. I think that was just the right call regardless. Even though, honestly, again, as the way po- played out, is the way the game played, played out. As I said at the time on on social media, I said, hey, I would go for it here, but if Drinkwitz kicks the field goal, I'm not going to really be that mad about it. Honestly, with enough time to think about it, even though I wouldn't have been mad about it and would have understood his feelings there, I, I do think it would have been the wrong call. Because again, if your logic is, and it ended up being correct, that Ohio State is not capable of scoring a touchdown in this particular game, in this particular moment against this Missouri defense, well, you were correct. So again, 4-7, and what's the difference? You were right, just go for it. Even if you don't get it, Ohio State wasn't going to win the game anyway, as it turned out. Now, one thing I know as a college football fan in general, the better you get at this sport, the more people glom on in positive ways and negative ways another way in other words teams like Ohio State well they get a lot of bandwagon fans and they also get a lot of bandwagon haters as well and I thought it was interesting after after the Cotton Bowl I had a comment on my YouTube page from C2a2 ad on YouTube that said I'm an East Coast kid that moved to Vegas. But for some reason, I love Mizzou, and I can't explain it. I used to always have Missouri stuff in high school and got made fun of, but I never cared. Their colors are great, and great win versus Ryan Day. Won me some money, and I hate Ohio State. So there you go, the love for Mizzou, the hate for Ohio State. And honestly, this is a moment where Missouri can get some bandwagon fans across the country. And if you don't think that... That doesn't help in terms of recruiting. You're crazy. You want to get the kids on the bandwagon. And kids are the ones who do hop on the bandwagons the most aggressively, by the way. So again, I've often thought Missouri's colors, the black and gold, it's something you can wear every day just to the gym and not stand out like some weirdo Oregon fan or something like that with your bright neon colors all the time to me the black and gold looks good in just about any scenario but obviously I'm uh, just a tiny bit biased there but again there is no doubt that in 24 Missouri has an opportunity to flip a lot of casual fans I can't wait for it hopefully they get hopefully they get her done and sort of like against Kansas, Missouri played pretty well against Kentucky for a lot of the game, but it just wasn't enough to ever realistically get an actual victory for Missouri. So let's talk about that and why Sean East has been awfully good this year. At the same time, I think he needs to actually be even more aggressive with one part of his game in particular. But before there, before we get there, I just want to tell you that the NFL regular season is finished, but of course the playoffs are here, including on Peacock. And you can get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar money line bet. Again, that's a hundred and fifty bucks in bonus bets win. Or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet, including on ten to one the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. Or really, how about f- little under five to one plus four ninety to win the AFC? Listen, I'm not telling you the Chiefs are going to win. I'm just telling you that anybody who thinks they can't win, I think is overestimating it a little bit. Having said that, they can definitely lose to the Dolphins as well. I expect them to beat the Dolphins, but eh, the Chiefs have been uninspiring this year. I'll give you that. I just can't totally give up on Patrick Mahomes yet. But regardless, if you think I'm an idiot, put your money where your mouth is at fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet an extra point. It's FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. You know, I got to be honest, Dennis Gates seemingly complaining about the officiating in the previous game against Georgia. Well, that had rung a little bit hollow for this podcaster, but after seeing Sean East. Look like Rocky Balboa in the 15th round against Apollo Creed last night late in that Kentucky game. Well, maybe Dennis Gates has a point. But in all seriousness, that was about the only thing that could slow down Sean East last night was that injury, that big old shiner beneath his eye. B- thought his nose might have been broken for a second. It looks like he escaped any maybe serious injury or broken bones there or anything like that, fortunately. No broken orbital sockets or anything like that, but pretty impressive that they were able to manage to call a foul on Sean East on that particular play, I have to admit. Even for college officiating, that was pretty impressive, but for the most part, Actually, this season, I know that, to me, they have gone a little bit too far. I know I'm digressing here just a little bit. But in terms of overall college basketball, I like that it's not just a charge-fest anymore at the same time I almost think the pendulum swung a little bit too far to where it's now almost NBA like and I like the NBA by the way but I think the NBA has swung too far in terms of hey dribble penetration you basically fling your body into the defender and nine out of ten times you're going to get the benefit of the doubt not a huge fan of that but getting rid of the charge to uh, to some extent, I, I think it needed to happen in college basketball. But regardless, what I really want to talk about is Sean East because he's been phenomenal this season. His his three-point shooting has been so good, in fact, this season that actually I think Missouri needs him to shoot more, quite a bit more. If you're going to shoot over 50% from the three, we're, we're creeping up on on the halfway point of the season here. At a certain point, you're not shooting enough of them fire away, bombs away at this point. Because even if he shoots a few more and that brings his – a few more a game brings that clip down to, say, a Kobe Brown-like 45% or something like that, my goodness, we'll live with that all day. So, again, I'm not saying that everything is on Sean East to just carry us and shoot more because obviously there are a lot of problems right now for Missouri basketball. But at the same time, if I could just see – that level of of frankly effort and just a sense of a sense of desperation, a sense of urgency from this team that I saw on the road in Allen Fieldhouse against Kansas, saw it again last night against Kentucky. If they just brought that same energy and effort the entire game against Seton Hall, for instance, against Kansas City, well, you never know. They might have had another victory or two on their hands, because this team just is not talented enough to have the luxury of taking its foot off of the gas. That's just my humble opinion. That may sound simplistic, but how else do you explain Missouri playing this well against Kentucky, relatively speaking, It's a really, really good Kentucky team, a much better Kentucky team than they had last season, For instance, how do you explain that versus some of their other performances? Losing to Georgia at home, for instance. It's not as though Missouri was shooting the lights out from the three-point line last night. They had their hot moments. Certainly, it was nice to see Noah Carter get his stroke back a little bit from downtown, especially in the first half. But 8 for 28, 28%, that's not exactly anything to write home about. I think a lot of that is just a sense of urgency From the Tigers. And if they're going to have a a semi decent season, at least try to claw their way into the NIT here this year, they're going to need that sense of urgency a heck of a lot more often than not. I'll promise you that. And thanks, as always, for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports. 24 7 streaming channel that's locked on sports today on youtube and subscribe so until next time i am john miller and thanks as always for listening to locked on mizzou